Welcome, one and all, to a new Jake Sampson Monster Hunter serial adventure. Tonight's episode, The Tears of Ra, takes our intrepid hero into the darkest shadows of the mysterious land of Chem and the mystical secrets of the Nile. Yes, Sahib. With some application of Newtonian physics, this should give us access to the inner chamber. Allah protect us. Amen to that, Muhammad. I think I can crawl through that gap. There's definitely a room beyond, and I keep a firm hold on the end of the rope. If I tug three times, I need you to pull me back out. Understand? Of course, Sahib. We have found it, Muhammad. It's the burial chamber. The tears of Ra. <laughs> we found it. Do you want me to come and help you, Sahib? No. Stay there. I found the sarcophagus. It is untouched. No grave robbers have made it this far. Allah be praised! The lid is sealed. The entire thing is bound with what appears to be bronze straps. I think I can. The crowbar is the essential tool of archaeology, Muhammad. Mark my words. No self-respecting explorer should leave home without one. I see, Sahib. Is there treasure? One moment. Oh, Mohammed, there's treasure. Magnificent. A glowing crystal set in gold with lapis lazuli. It's the star gem, Mohammed. And it's as big as my fist. <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing. It's glowing. A bright light. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. No! Sahib? Sahib! 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 Hold on, I will pull you out! Oh, nearly there, Sahib! Hold on! Sahib? The Lewis Club, an establishment in New York City where explorers and adventurers relax and share tales of their adventures with fellow travelers. Jake Sampson is at the club this evening, enjoying a few hands of cards with old friends. All too soon, the pleasantries are to be interrupted by a desperate call for help. I shall see your raise, Mr. Sampson, and indeed, I shall raise you a further five dollars. I fold. I fold. Well, Arthur, it is just the two of us. 
I see your five dollars, and would like to introduce you to the Queen of Spades and her three sisters. Blast! Well played, sir. Indeed. Good show, old chip. Excuse me, sir. This telegram was delivered to the house of Shortanko. It is marked urgent. Thank you, Hartford. Mr. Sampson, niece L. Carter speaks highly of you. Stop. Request your presence urgent. Matter Museum of Antiquities. Cairo, Egypt. Stop. Life and death. Stop. Howard Carter. Stop. Should I pack for travel, sir? Indeed, Hartford. Gentlemen, I apologize, but I must take my leave. As you know, where there's strange, there's always Samson. Ha! Good fortune to you, Mr. Samson. Give him hell. Indeed, Samson. And return as quick as you can. I need to recover my losses. I certainly will, Arthur. A good evening to you all. Smelt the darn sight better from the air. Oh, come on, Texas. That's the smell of adventure in faraway places. <sighs> I still can't believe we're in Egypt. Y'all don't get much further away than that. Not in this world, anyway. Let's get settled into a hotel. Then we need to get to the museum. I sure hope Uncle Howard's okay. Well, he was fine a week ago, according to this telegram. We won't know Jack till we sit down and have a jaw with the fella. Well, let's get going. How about that one? Cairo Ritz. It certainly looks... rustic. If it's got a cot that ain't a bedroll under the righty Rita, then I don't care if I have to share my room with the camel. Agreed. It's been a long journey from New York to Cairo. The new plane worked great, though, Tex. Oh, yeah. Me and Rita are going to be good friends. woo Well, you're going to have to tell us sometime why you chose Rowdy Rita as the name for our plane. Good morning, sirs and lady. Welcome to the Cairo Ritz. We are here to make your stay a delightful one. We'd like some rooms, please. Yes, rooms. The finest hotel rooms in all of Cairo. This is the finest hotel room in all of Cairo. I'd hate to see the cheap ones. It'll be fine. It's got two beds, a wash basin, and that balcony has a nice view of the slums. 
don't remind me. <sighs> That's better. Kind of reminds me of that time in Paris during the war. I was on leave and me and a couple buddies of mine from the Royal Flying Corps spent three days staying at one of the finest hall. Who is it? It's Lucy. It ain't polite to keep a lady waiting, Jake. What's with the bullwhip, Lucy? It always kept the animals I trained in line. I figured it could work to control you as well, Tex. Oh, Lucy? You saying I'm just a big pussycat? Come on, Tex. We're off to the museum. Love museums. So much history. Think anyone will remember us after we're dead and gone? Depends on what we die from. Some of these items are thousands of years old. Statues, weapons, mummies. That's just blind creepy. Dead folks just stay dead and buried. So perfectly preserved. The Egyptians believed that the dead would live again in the next world. It's hard enough living in this one. Lucy! Uncle Howard! Ha <laughs> ha! Delightful to see you, my dear. And uh, this must be Mr. Sampson. Sure is, Uncle Howard. Jake Sampson, Howard Carter, world-famous Egyptologist and archaeologist. Delighted to make your acquaintance, Mr. Sampson. Thank you so much for coming. Happy to oblige, Professor Carter. This is my associate, Texas Hold'em. A pleasure, Mr. Hold'em. Oh, hey, Professor. Call me Tex. Everyone does. Professor Carter, your telegram said you needed help. Indeed, Mr. Sampson. I'm very concerned about a colleague of mine, Professor Lincoln Horton. He's been missing for a month now. Maybe he just went home. Horton was obsessed with a particular legend of Egypt. He'd sold everything he owned to fund his digs and research. What legend had him so fired up? Come with me. I'll show you. In 1895, a scroll discovered in the tomb of Sek Amun-Tut told of a mythical talisman, an amulet called the Tears of Ra. It is said to feature a crystal the size of a fist which fell from the stars. The ancient Egyptians believed man was born from Ra's tears. This is why we know only suffering and sorrow. The ancient Egyptians were cynics? Perhaps. But the scroll tells that this crystal holds mystical powers of life, perhaps even the key to immortality. No wonder Professor Houghton was looking for it. Indeed, my dear. Horton was obsessed with the idea of finding the artifact and unlocking its secrets. You think he's found it? I'm not sure. He headed out into the desert near Memphis several months ago. Took diggers, supplies, and his research papers. I received a message from him six weeks ago. He told me he had found the lost tomb of Sek Amun-Ra. Which is ridiculous. 
as his sarcophagus has been with us for nearly ten years. Has anyone gone looking for the professor? What about his diggers? Did any of them come back? Unfortunately, no one has managed to find the location of the dig site. Sandstorms have obliterated all tracks, and there have been no signs of any of his laborers. Maybe he just got lost. The desert is a hard place, Mr. Holden. Sandstorms, Bedouins, and ancient secrets can steal the life from you in an instant. Ah, this is what I wanted to show you. The papyrus scroll found in 1895. It's kept in this glass case to prevent damage and decay. So many of our artifacts are very delicate. What do the hieroglyphics say, Uncle? <clears throat> Forever lives the will of Amen-Ra. Seek divine light. For his heart will endure the long night of the seven. Darkness shall reign when the path of stones is broken. Wait for his spirit to rise. Live again when the flood is ended. Under the stars on the white desert, the tears will flow. Amen-Ra. That's it? Unfortunately, yes. The rest of the scroll was never found. Any idea what it means? Well, Egypt under the pharaohs was a place of strong religion. They often recorded mystical spells and records in this way. The pictures that go with the writing. Any idea what they mean? It is a subject of much scholarly debate. Horton, however, was convinced it was a map. He said that with the key to the map, the location of the Tears of Ra would be clear. Do you think maybe he found the key? He could have. His departure from Memphis was apparently in a state of great excitement. I thought he was there in Egypt, not Tennessee. The original one is here, Tex, about 12 miles away. It was essentially the gateway between the kingdoms of Upper and Lower Egypt. The label on the case says that the scroll was found in the sarcophagus of Sek Amentut. The mummy was clutching the scroll in its hand. That is correct. Uh, we have the mummy in storage. It's not considered um, appropriate for public display. Why is that? The Egyptians were masters of peaceful repose, Mr. Sampson. They wished their dead well and revered them. Preparing someone for the next life was an art form designed to create a peaceful journey for the physical form as well as the car or soul. Nice way to spend eternity. Quite. However, in the case of the mummy Sekamantut, the burial process was different. How so? It appears that the priest was alive when he was sealed into his sarcophagus. Oh, how horrible! Oh, indeed, my dear. So he died of asphyxiation? Nothing so pleasant, I'm afraid, Mr. Sampson. Also found in the casket were the dried remains of over a dozen cobras. The man was sealed in with live snakes. If he had moved, they would have struck, and he would have died in agony of their venomous bites. But why would they do that? I have no idea. All reference to his name and image were destroyed after the burial. We only know who was buried in the tomb. 
because the stone lid which bore his casket bears an inscription. It says, Sek Amuntut, forever in darkness lies. Did Houghton examine the mummy? Of course, at great length. He spent several days poring over the casket and its contents before his departure to Memphis. Well, we should have a look at it too. Um, this way. Here it is, the stone casket of Sek Amantut. These marks on the top is the inscription you told us about. Yes, the only reference to the name of the occupant ever found. What's this inscription? I, hmm, oh, I've never seen that before. Let me, um, I it, it, it's a spell, uh, a prayer, if you will, beseeching the sun god to protect the mason who crafted this casket from evil. Guess the guy's pretty spooked, huh? Tex, grab the other end of this lid. We need to slide it off. Carefully. Uh, gentlemen, ple please be careful. This is a priceless artifact of an ancient time. <laughs> Easy! Dang, it's uh, heavy. Uh, Jake, Tex, don't move. The casket is filled with live cobras. have been listening to Jake Sampson and the Tears of Ra, Part 1, a Broken Sea audio production written by Paul Mannering. Starring in this episode were Mark Kalita as Jake Sampson, Natasha Lathrop as Lucy Carter, Bill Holwig as Texas Hold'em, Gareth Preston as Howard Carter, Tim Gillig as Professor Houghton, Alan Spencer as Muhammad, Paul Mannering as Arthur Watts, Perry Widow as Lyle, David Suplayak as Hartford, Denton, and the Hotel Clerk, and Ellie Hirschman as the announcer. Music in this episode was provided by the following. Hardy Shaw and his orchestra, Akira Ifukube, Neon Egypt, Ludwig von Beethoven, and Stanley Black. All music is the property of its respective owners, and no copyright infringement was intended. This has been a Broken Sea Audio production. <laughs>